Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Echo Church online service. Um, we're going to be following a similar format to the past couple weeks. We'll have an online message. We'll have a chance for you to worship through song, and we also will have a craft time if you choose to do that with your kids. I do have a couple of announcements before we keep rolling. Um, if you're interested in giving to Echo, you can do that online or by mail, and you'll find information about that um, below this video. Also, we have some chances for connection this week. So um, immediately following the service, um, we will have a group chat set up. Um, so we'll have a link to that here on this page. Um, we also have um, ladies small group at seven o'clock. Um, we're meeting virtually this week. And if you would like to join our Echo Church group um, Facebook page, you're welcome to do that as well. So before we keep moving, I'd like to say a prayer for us this morning, and then we'll move on to our message. Lord God, thank you so much for bringing us all here today. Um, we're grateful for your goodness and we're grateful for the ways that you're allowing us to stay connected with one another and keep caring for one another and loving one another, um, even as we're in different places. I pray that you would bring us opportunities to serve and um, show your grace and show your love to those around us um, in creative ways as we all are working on um, this social distancing thing currently. Um, we know that you are in control and we know that um, despite what might be going on in our own lives today um, and throughout the week that you you hold us and you um, guide us and we trust that, we trust um, your spirit to move in our lives and to um, do great things. And we love you so much and I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Hi, Echo family. Happy Sunday. I hope you're doing well wherever you're watching this. And hey, just for you, I put on a real shirt, not my sweatpants from all week. You're welcome. No matter where you are, if you've been in the house, if you've been serving other people out of the house, we've been caring about you and praying for you this week. Now we're coming to the end of our series, guys. We have been in the book of Acts. We've been in our series called Behind the Scenes. We were looking at the first church, how they began as believers in Jesus. And we've been here for a little while now. We've learned some lessons along the way, and I hope you found some things that have connected to your own faith journey. And you know what's been interesting is to see even as life has shifted, shelter in place, COVID-19, and yet opening up these chapters that we'd already planned to study in God's word in the book of Acts, we found connection to where we are right now because God's word is always speaking. Now today, we're going to just overview several chapters, Acts 21 through 26, because Paul is arrested and he goes through a number of trials. So we're just going to give us the high level today. And I've been really excited to get to this sermon because we have a special guest. We're going to check in on someone's perspective, but before we bring him in, let me get you to where Paul is at this point. So in chapter 21 of Acts, we know that Paul has been sharing the good news of Jesus with Gentiles as well as Jewish people. He's made enemies wherever he goes. He has some people believe in Jesus, but then others run him out of town or they beat him up. And now Paul is in Jerusalem and people have accused him of taking a Gentile friend into the Jewish-only area of the temple, desecrating it, they said. But he didn't do it. 
Yet that's what they have accused him of. They stirred up a mob, started to beat up Paul, and then Paul was arrested. He was the one getting beat up. Go figure. And at this moment, they decide, the commanders of Rome decide, let's just flog him and get all the information we can out of him to figure out what in the world is going on. They have tied Paul to a pole. They have pulled out their whips. And in that moment, Paul looks and asks the commander, is it legal for you to flog a Roman citizen before he's even proven guilty? Bomb dropped. Everyone was in shock. Okay, maybe it doesn't mean a lot to us today, but what Paul just revealed was huge. Rome is in charge at this time. And Paul, born Jewish, is also born a Roman citizen, he says. Well, Roman citizens are a special, protected, and privileged group of people. And flogging him would have gotten the commander in serious trouble. But now what do they do? These Romans have a Roman citizen on their hands in their custody. But yet what he's being accused of is a religious argument. And they have no concept of what's going on, why the Jewish people are angry at Paul. And they just don't know what to do with him. So at one point, a governor just throws Paul in prison and leaves him there for two years. I guess the Romans didn't have the right to a speedy trial. Well, after Paul is released, he is paraded before other leaders and has other trials where he has to keep sharing his story, defending himself, or does he? I wanted to look into Paul's trials and compare them to what trials are like today. And guess who we have among us? At Echo Church, one of our elders is a trial lawyer, Kevin Shad. So I wanted to ask him, what it's like, what he saw in the scripture. So let's give him a call. Welcome, Kevin, to the church service this morning. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. And I'd love for you to start by telling us what you do for a living and so that we know why I wanted to call you about today's topic. Sure. So I think a lot of you know that I'm an attorney. Uh, but actually, I am a federal criminal defense attorney. I'm a federal public defender, which means that I represent individuals that are charged with federal crimes, and I try to defend them from being prosecuted. Okay, so now when you were reading over these chapters and acts that we're talking about today, chapters 21 through 26, we talked about that Paul had many trials, and I'd love to hear from your experiences. How did Paul's courtroom experience differ from what you experienced? Sure. So, you know, at representing criminal defendants, you get to spend a lot of time with them. You get to speak with them. And uh, one of the constants is in pretty much every case is that they are talking to you about why they did not commit the crime. And they're not only talking to you about why they didn't commit the crime, but they want to talk to the prosecutor and they want to talk to the judge every chance they get about why they didn't commit the crime. And that's true in 99.99 cases, you know. Uh, what is interesting about Paul is when you read through what he was talking about when he was talking to the different tribunals, he was not trying to pre present a defense to the crime. He wasn't trying to exonerate himself. Instead, he was trying to talk to the tribunals about Christ and why should they should become a Christian. So that's very different. Very different. Now, you did say, though, while it's very different, that something in this scripture struck you from a past experience that you had with a client. Can you share that story with us? 
Sure. So like back uh, a long time ago, probably the late 2000s or mid 2000s, I represented an individual here in Cincinnati who is uh, charged with uh, tax evasion. And he wasn't just charged with tax evasion. He actually was charged with aiding and abetting other people to commit tax evasion. And what he did was he went around the country and he presented seminars along with a couple other people. And they would tell people that they did not have to file federal income taxes. They had this whole theory that they put together as to why the tax laws were never uh, made into law that can be prosecuted and how it's a voluntary system. And therefore, you just didn't have to pay your taxes if you didn't want to. Wow. And as a matter of fact, uh, these people went so far as to if you bought into their system and then didn't file taxes and uh, then you were audited by the IRS, they would go to the audit with you and then try to convince the, uh, the audit agent uh, as to why they were right and you didn't have to pay taxes. So it was very, very unusual. Yeah. Now, yeah, so uh, this guy, uh, and I said, you know, before, 99.99% all talked to me about how they're not guilty of the offense. Every time I spoke with this guy, whether it was uh, in court or out of court, it was all about trying to convince me of his method. He wanted me to join in. He wanted me to not pay taxes, and he was trying to convince me that he was right. What's more, when he was in court, he would try to talk to the prosecutor and the judge and convince them of that as well. Uh, needless to say, neither the prosecutor nor the judge nor I bought into his system, but it was very interesting how he never tried to defend himself. How unusual. Well, could you share a little bit now what the application is from this text and how that struck you that how we might all apply something about Paul's story to our lives today? Yeah, so um, Paul, one of the things that Paul does very early on in his trials is he plays the card of being a Roman citizen. And so he talks about that very early on in the process. And, you know, being a Roman citizen back in that time, that gave you a lot of privilege and gave you a lot of rights that most people didn't have. Um, normally, when somebody would play a card like that, they would play it for the privilege of getting out of something. And so, you know, so you would think Paul's playing that card so he can say, hey, I'm a Roman citizen, let me be, and let me be free. But instead, he uses that so he can actually prolong the process so that he can talk to more people about Christ. So he is using his privilege to further the gospel instead of furthering himself. And that's pretty darn unusual. I love that because I read the same scripture and different things stuck out to me. But when we had our previous conversation, I love that that was what struck you as so powerful. And it's so true. And I want to talk a little bit more in just a few minutes about how we can all apply that to our lives today. But thank you so much, Kevin, for bringing that out of our scripture today. Sure. Good morning, everybody. Hope to see you uh, soon in person. As Kevin noted, Paul had the chance to defend himself again and again, but instead he shares his story. And oh, guess what? His story involves becoming a believer in Jesus. So every time that he has a chance to defend himself, instead he gets to share the hope of Jesus because he hopes that his story will inspire other people so that they will discover for themselves the salvation, the freedom, the love of the Son of God that Paul had discovered. Paul used his privilege 
as a Roman citizen. He used it to share the hope of Jesus. So let's think about that idea of privilege in our own lives. Privilege sounds pretty fancy, and we may not feel like we have that ourselves, especially right now, because I don't know if you're like me, but right now it's easy to focus on our hardships because we're limited. And it's okay to grieve right now what we've lost. We've lost plans. We've lost the chance to see people we care about. Some of you may have lost jobs, may have lost pay. And that is difficult, and it's okay to grieve that. But let's recognize that other people have lost too. And the thing that we are privileged of is that we have some resources. We have the ability to get online and connect here, to share together, to check in with friends. We have food and friends who care to bring us things if we need. Most of us right now in our church, thankfully, are very healthy at this point. And these are all resources and privileges we can use to then reach out to other people. Now, I know in your hearts, you are amazing and you've already been active. You are doing what you can. You are using your privilege, your resources to reach out to other people. And I've tried to do that too, but yet, but yet, we could all do something more, right? So that's what I want to challenge us today is to use our abilities, our resources, our privileges to share the hope of Jesus in some new way with someone this week. Now, I don't have to give us examples after examples because you know that God has placed on your heart. He's been tugging at you to take some sort of action. And maybe you've hesitated because you think that's just something small. It won't matter. But even small things right now, texting to check in on somebody, calling someone you haven't even talked to on the phone for a very long time, it can mean a lot. And there's other ways that we can reach out safely to other people in this time. Because the point of this is to share the hope of Jesus. While we're feeling anxious because of COVID-19, we can balance that anxiety somewhat because deep inside, we have a hope in God. We know that Jesus cares. We know that God is in control. And that can bring our anxiety back to some sort of peace. But some people, they don't have that hope right now. But yet, just as Paul saw the courtroom as an open door, this health crisis is an open door. There are people willing to talk about faith, willing for you to pray with them, willing for your care to come into their lives now more than maybe they have in years. So let's try that. Let's share our hope this week. Because now more than ever, we need connection and hope. And that's what the church is built on. The very first church that we have been studying, they were connected by a hope in Jesus and they shared and they lived in community. And Echo Church, we are connected because of a hope in Jesus. Most of us would have not become friends if it were not for this hope, this church that brought us together. And so let's expand our family. Let's expand those connections and offer people what gives us the energy and the strength right now, one another connecting and hope in Jesus. I want us to be intentional this week, to reach out and be specific, to look for open doors that God has been revealing in our lives. I want to close with something Paul wrote, 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 8 through 10. He said, because I preach this good news, 
I am suffering and I have been chained like a criminal. But the word of God cannot be chained. So I'm willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and glory in Christ Jesus to those whom God has chosen. We are not physically chained as Paul was, although it can feel like it right now. We are limited. But the word of God cannot be chained, cannot be limited. So let's allow Jesus, the true word, to motivate us, strengthen us, and help us endure. Let's share that hope with someone this week. Will you pray with me? God, thank you so much for showing us in your word that there is hope and that there are ways we can share hope in any circumstances, whether we are suffering or whether we are victorious, whether we are in chains, limited, behind closed doors, or whether we are out and interacting with people. Help us to use every opportunity to share your hope in our actions and in our words. We lift up right now the people you are placing in our hearts and say, show us, God, how to connect with them this week. It's all these things we pray in your holy name. Amen. See you soon.